What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. State Representative Pauline Wenzel is slamming House Committee passage of legislation that would give the Michigan Public Service Commission the ultimate authority to approve large wind and solar energy projects in Michigan. Wenzel tells us this would enable the state to approve massive projects without local approval. So it takes away local control and zoning and gives it to the state, gives it to unelected bureaucrats, which to me sounds pretty bad. Wenzel says the House Energy Communications and Technology Committee heard plenty of testimony opposed to the change. My biggest concern with these is this goes against the will of the people. Time and time again, these have come up and been voted on and all around the state, including in our area, and they have failed. They're not failed by a little, failed by a lot. Wenzel says Democrats are pushing the change through due to pressure from Governor Gretchen Whitmer. She says it's part of a plan to mandate renewable energy use in Michigan at a fast pace, which she believes would be costly and make the grid less reliable. Meanwhile, State Representative Joey Andrews says that House Committee approval of giving the Michigan Public Service Commission authority over solar and wind energy projects only applies to the largest of those projects. As vice chair of the House Energy Communications and Technology Committee, Andrews says the MPSC would only have authority when the developments are planned to be 50 megawatts or more. These projects are often multi-jurisdictional and thousands of acres in size, and there's been issues with the permitting process as it currently exists with getting these projects cited. Andrews says while some local governments have expressed opposition to a loss of local control over the approvals, most have no reason for concern. This is only on extremely large projects. Um, I would say, at least in the 38th district, there's virtually no locations where you could cite a project of this size. I do think that it would do everybody a lot of good to look up just how large 100 megawatts is. Andrew says a project like that would have to take up 6,000 or so acres. He tells us there's also an amendment in the legislation that would require a property owner's approval for the development to be put on their land. Andrews expects a vote on the plan sometime soon. There were no drownings off the beaches of South Haven in 2023. South Haven City Manager Kate Hosier presented a beach safety report to the City Council this week. She said with the city hiring six beach enforcement attendants this year, much was done to keep the beaches safe. The attendants were kept busy. The beach enforcement attendants were responsible for monitoring the lake conditions, changing the flags, sending out the NICS alerts, updating the website, and knew this year we had them enforce applicable provisions of the South Haven Code of Ordinances. Hosier said that the South Haven Police Department would ticket people when they wouldn't listen to the beach attendants. The most common offenses were pier jumping and walking out on the pier when it was closed. Hosier said the attendants worked with Shays on emergency situations. The beach enforcement attendants responded to and assisted Shays with 25 beach incidents. We had 20 at South Beach. We had five at North Beach. We had one swimmer in distress on North Beach, and Shays did respond. We had two false alarms for swimmers in distress. We had many, many medical calls. Hosier noted the Rotary this year gave the $13,000 grant to the city for beach safety. It was used to install life ring cabinets and AEDs near the beach. She called it a successful season. As the weather cools, the Berrien County Health Department is urging those who are eligible to protect themselves against COVID, the flu, and RSV. Berrien County Health Officer Guy Miller tells us the process for getting a COVID vaccine has changed. He says the shots are now considered private and that the government is not giving them the health departments for free anymore. Once we 
purchase them, we bring them into our inventory, we can essentially sell them to people as they come through and build their insurance companies for that vaccine. Previously, when it was a federal vaccine, it was considered a public vaccine, we got to stock our freezers and then when people came by, we didn't have to charge them for the vaccine. And now they do. So if you go to the health department for a COVID shot, bring your insurance information. Berrien County Health Department Medical Director Rex Kabeltica says it's still important to be protected against COVID, noting it's not just the elderly at risk. With COVID, from 0 to 17 years old, about 40% of kids that end up in the hospital have no risk factors. So please consider that. I know there's a lot of concern about that, but do talk to your primary care provider. Meanwhile, the health department is offering a walk-in flu shot clinics now through November 29th. Flu shots will be available at the Niles office from 9 a.m. to noon each Monday. Flu shots will be available at the Benton Harbor office from 9 a.m. to noon every Wednesday. The department can also help someone get the RSV vaccine, although Miller advises everyone to check with their doctor on that one. It's harvest season in Michigan, and there are a lot of farm vehicles out on the road in rural areas. That's why the Michigan Farm Bureau is asking all drivers to be cautious when near them. Bureau Legislative Counsel Andrew Biermisch tells us it's important to slow down and be patient for those large farm vehicles. If you're going to pass one, make sure it's not turning. Individuals are coming up behind them, and they're going faster than that vehicle's traveling. They think they can pass. Well, that vehicle may be turning left, and most accidents happen when that piece of equipment's turning into a driveway and an individual's looking to pass. So be particularly careful if you're looking to, to move around the vehicle. Remember, if you can't see the driver of farm machinery, they can't see you. According to the Governor's Highways Safety Association, while only 19% of Americans live in rural areas, 45% of traffic crashes and fatalities occurred on rural roadways from 2016 to 2020. Also, crashes involving farm equipment rose from 195 in 2021 to 214 in 2022. That's a 10% increase in Michigan. Burmish says when you see an ag vehicle, just give it a break. And we're about to enter the holiday season when more of us will be online shopping and online security is more of a concern. Google cybersecurity expert Grace Hoyt says if something looks too good to be true, it probably is. I really advise folks to be on their toes when they spot something suspicious. So suspicious emails, texts, or phone calls from sources pretending to be your bank or stores that you frequently go to or a friend. It's really best to avoid clicking on a link and instead go directly to the website yourself. So Type in that website yourself to the URL. Hoyt says Google blocks 100 million scam attempts a day. She recommends having two-step verification on accounts and a password manager, which you can set up with your Google account. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. Brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden is in Israel as the war with Hamas continues. More from Michelle Franzen. Growing tensions in the Middle East as the Israel-Hamas death toll climbs. More than 4,000 have died in Israel and Gaza. President Biden in Israel today in a show of solidarity following the Hamas terrorist attacks. He met with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, families of loved ones lost and also taken hostage and vowed more military aid for Israel. Netanyahu says Israel was not responsible for the civilian deaths caused by the blast at a hospital in Gaza yesterday and says Israel's war against Hamas is different. This will be a different kind of war because Hamas is a different kind of enemy. While Israel seeks to minimize civilian casualties, Hamas seeks to maximize civilian casualties. 
President Biden says U.S. intelligence shows an errant rocket fired by Palestinian militants is to blame that has not quelled protests from spreading in the region. Arab leaders also canceled meetings with Biden. With continuing coverage, Israel-Hamas war. I'm Michelle Franz in ABC News. Israel now says it will allow Egypt to deliver limited quantities of humanitarian aid into the Gaza Strip, the first crack in a 10-day seal on the territory. Palestinians were reeling from a massive blast at a Gaza City hospital the day before and growing increasingly desperate as food and water supplies ran out. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office said the decision was approved after a request from President Joe Biden. There were conflicting claims of who was responsible for the hospital explosion. Hamas blamed Israel, while Israel blamed a misfired rocket launched by Hamas. Meanwhile, during remarks on his trip to Israel today, President Biden echoed continued support for Israel, but also warned against allowing intense emotions to consume them. Here's ABC's Karen Travers. President Biden said the U.S. will make sure Israel has what it needs to protect its people and defend its nation. He acknowledged the anger people there have after the Hamas attacks, but warned... Justice must be done. But I caution this while you feel that rage. Don't be consumed by it. The president said after September 11th, Americans were enraged. And while there was justice, the U.S. also, quote, made mistakes. He didn't get specific. President Biden urging Israel to be, quote, deliberate in its response, acknowledging that choices for leaders are never clear or easy and, quote, there's always costs. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Within hours of a blast said to have killed hundreds at a Gaza hospital, protesters hurled stones at Palestinian security forces in the occupied West Bank and at riot police in neighboring Jordan. They were venting fury at their own leaders for failing to stop the carnage. A summit planned in Jordan between President Joe Biden and Jordan's King Abdullah II, as well as the Egyptian president and the Palestinian president, were canceled after Abbas withdrew in protest. Arab protesters gathered in several countries to condemn condemn what they saw as an Israeli atrocity. It showed how the fighting in Gaza spreading anger across the entire region, alarming U.S. allies and threatening wider unrest. Also, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee held a nomination hearing today in an urgent bid to see the U.S. ambassador to Israel as the war between Israel and Hamas intensifies. Senators are questioning the nominee, Jacob Liu, who served as Treasury Secretary during the Obama administration. Here's ABC's Faith Abube. Senators peppered Jacob Liu with questions as they consider his nomination to serve as U.S. Ambassador to Israel. Several Republicans raised concerns about actions the former Treasury Secretary took regarding Iran during his time in the Obama administration. Iran under new scrutiny after its longtime ally Hamas attacked Israel. Liu repeatedly voiced support for the U.S. ally and peace in the region. We have to do it in a way where the lives of Palestinians can improve and the security of Israel is not uh, put at jeopardy. President Biden nominated Liu in September before the Hamas attack that sparked the war with Israel. Faith Abube, ABC News, Washington. As desperate Palestinians in sealed off Gaza try to find refuge under Israel's relentless bombardment and retaliation for the brutal October 7th attack, many are asking why neighboring Egypt or other Arab countries don't take them in. Egypt and Jordan have replied with staunch refusal. And they have multiple reasons for rejecting the idea. Chief among them is that Arab countries fear Israel wants to force a permanent expulsion of Palestinians into their countries and nullify the Palestinians' demands for statehood. That evokes memories of previous dispersals of Palestinians in past generations. Jim Jordan is losing votes. He needs 217, but the Republican picked by members of his party to run for Speaker of the House has lost a few supporters in the latest round of voting today. ABC's Jonathan Carl is more. It's going in the wrong direction for him. It's hard to see how he reverses that tide 
gets the 217 votes he needs to become elected Speaker of the House. So we're in a bit of a muddle. There, there are uh, a, a lot of conversations uh, happening, including some conversations between uh, Democrats uh, and, and moderate Republicans uh, about a way out. But right now, there's absolutely no clear path for Jim Jordan, for Scalise, for McCarthy, for anybody. A woman has been arrested after standing up at former President Donald Trump's New York civil fraud trial and walking toward the front of the courtroom where he was sitting. The woman, later, later identified as a court employee, retreated today after a court officer told her to return to her seat. A short time later, officers escorted the woman out and arrested her. She was charged with contempt of court. A state court spokesperson said the woman had been yelling that she wanted to help Trump, although reporters in the courtroom did not hear her raise her voice. The trial went on with one other disruption, the judge telling Trump and others to pipe down after he threw up his hands in frustration and grumbled to his lawyers. And House Republicans are now working on an option C after failing twice to elect Jim Jordan as their House Speaker. ABC's Andy Field has more. Congressman Jordan lost even more votes in the second ballot round. Now Republicans, including Mike Lawler, want to give the Speaker's power, at least temporarily, to the man who's the current placeholder. Empower Patrick McHenry. Uh, to serve as the temporary speaker for the time being with all the uh, authority that comes with serving as speaker. Which won't likely happen without Democratic Party votes and compromising the Republican slim House majority. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington.